Hey guys, it's Darren here, the producer of Perpetual Traffic, and we have a great show lined up for you in just a minute with Ralph and Molly filling you in on the very latest five Facebook updates. But we also have another great show called Business Lunch with Roland Frazier, and it's all about the mindset and strategy behind how great business leaders grow and scale their businesses. We've got guests like Richard Branson and Sarah Blakely from Spanx, and on Monday's episode, we had the amazing Steve Sims, who is known as the man who can make anything happen. In the episode, Steve talks about a super smart way that he uses text messaging as a powerful way to engage prospects. He gives you the tools that he uses for automation and the strategies he uses to be able to connect with people. So take a listen to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Here's a quick word from Ralph. Hey, this is Ralph, and I just want to let you know that uh, Tira 11 is hiring. Yeah, we're hiring not one, not two, but three ads managers. And uh, if you'd like to apply, go to tier11.com forward slash jobs. Scroll down to the bottom of that page and then click over to ads manager. You can see exactly how we operate here at Tier 11. We are a completely virtual Facebook and Instagram direct response ad agency. Our goal is to be the best damn Facebook and Instagram ad agency in the world. And uh, we want you to be a part of that. So check it out at tier11.com forward slash jobs. That's T-I-E-R 11, spell it all out, dot com forward slash jobs and apply. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is Ralph Burns and this is episode 198. Molly and I are recording separately this week because we're actually on opposite sides of the globe. She's in Australia. I'm actually out of office doing college tours with my son this week, so we could not get together to record this one together. But regardless of that, we're bringing it to you today because we're going to give you all the updates that we have been seeing, the ones that are really relevant to you and your business. From my side, the ones that we are using at scale inside the Facebook and Instagram ad agency that I run called Tier 11. There's three updates which have had major impact on our business, especially over the course of the last two to three months. So these aren't updates that just happen that we're not using. There's obviously updates that happen almost all the time inside the platform itself. And definitely subscribe to Facebook News if you don't have that or do a Google alert for Facebook news, Facebook advertising news every single day. You're going to get a lot of information in your inbox on that. But what we try and do here at uh, the Perpetual Traffic Podcast is sort all that stuff out, separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, and give you guys the best and most relevant information to help you scale up your Facebook and Instagram ads. So my three updates here today are going to be exactly all about that. And now spending over a million dollars a week on direct response Facebook and Instagram advertising. So we actually have a lot of experience talking about and explaining some of the things that we're going to talk about on today's show, these three big updates. So let's get right into them. The first one comes from Facebook itself, which is something that obviously we've got a great relationship with Facebook through the partner manager program. And they give us access to a lot of the data that it takes a little bit of time to get out to the general public. You can usually get this through Facebook for Business. But one of the studies that Facebook did over the course of the last year or so is examine their best direct response marketers 
through a variety of different brands and figure out exactly what are the commonalities between their ad accounts and what sort of things they're doing. What tools are they using? What strategies are they using? What tactics are they using? And we'll leave this resource in the show notes for you. But what they discovered is that these individual agencies and or companies are using five different concepts called the Power Five two of which we're going to be talking about here today. And the other three, we'll probably have additional episodes here on Perpetual Traffic about, but we'll leave this in the show notes here at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 198 for you guys to reference, but it's called the Power Five. And the disruptors are these people, these individual companies who are using some of the strategies, some of the tools that Facebook and Instagram offer on the platform to scale up their ads for a direct response marketing. So these are not brand awareness, people spending 30, 40, 50 million dollars a month just on brand awareness ads, which is great. And there's obviously there's strategies to that, but you as the small business, you as the e-commerce marketer, you as the digital product company that's looking to scale up your ads with these awesome platforms, these are the types of ads that you probably are most interested in because you're looking for return on ad spend. You're looking to spend a dollar and make a multiple of that back. And that's what these bigger brands are doing. And that's what we've adopted inside the tier 11 agency using these exact same strategies. So we're very much in sync with what Facebook is pushing right now. So these power five, these disruptors are really important tools for you to start using if you haven't already. We've already started to talk about these on a variety of different episodes here in Perpetual Traffic in the last couple of months. But the one I think that we have not discussed, and this is the number one update for me for this week, is account simplification. And as you'll see inside the references and some of the links that we leave in the show notes here, you'll actually see that account simplification is one of the power five. And it's one that we've noticed in some of our highest performing ad accounts. These are ad accounts that are spending anywhere from 20 to upwards of $50,000 a day in Facebook and Instagram ad spend. And it's not probably what you think. Now, we at Tier 11, we see a lot of ad accounts every single week. We do what's referred to as a strategic account plan before we start working with any individual customer where we'll go in and we'll actually analyze their ad account and then make recommendations as to what we would do when they became a tier 11 customer. One of the things that we see, the biggest mistake that we probably see more so than anything is the opposite of account simplification, which is account complification. We like to make up words here at Perpetual Traffic, so I'm just making that one up. Uh, What we usually see is we see dozens and dozens of campaigns with hundreds of ad set and sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of ads all being run all at the same time. Now, this was a strategy that we espoused years ago, going back to 2016, 2015. One of the testing methodologies that we talked about back on episode 71, if you look back on that one, which was uh, we talked about specifically, it was a strategy that we use, a testing methodology that we use that involved lots and lots of campaigns, lots of ad sets, and one ad per ad set and this was known as the Michigan method. Now, the Michigan method, and definitely go back and take a listen to episode 71, where I explain that in a lot more detail. There are cases where we will use this testing methodology 
in specific cases, if a customer has a high level of budget limitation, we may use this type of testing and this type of campaign structure. But by and large, that strategy has gone by the wayside, which we'll talk about testing strategies and testing methodologies in my update number two here. But one of the things that we do notice is that a lot of ad accounts, they come to us, they have this account complex strategy that just is fighting against itself. And we've talked a lot about campaign budget optimization. That was back in episode 183 and episode 184. Go back and take a listen to those, which is all part of this account simplification. So campaign budget optimization is one of those power fives that you'll see inside the disruptors and the links in the show notes. But Campaign budget optimization in combination with account simplification is the big update here. So what does that exactly mean? So when I look in the best performing tier 11 ad accounts, the ones, like I said, are spending 20 to $50,000 a day. That's not a month or a year. That's per day. They typically have less than 10 campaigns running at any given point in time. And in most cases, the media buyers, the awesome media buyers here at tier 11, try to get that number down to a handful of individual campaigns running. Inside each one of those campaigns might be anywhere from three, maybe upwards of 10 ad sets. And in each ad set, you might actually see anywhere from three to maybe 10 to 15 ads. Now, just because you have three to 10 ad sets in a campaign, doesn't necessarily mean that you have three to 10 ad sets actually running. The most cases in most campaigns, when I look in, and I'm actually looking at one right now, I see a campaign using campaign budget optimization. I see three ad sets inside that campaign budget optimization campaign. And inside each one of those ad sets, I see only three ads being used. So this is counter to what a lot of people discuss and what a lot of people espouse and teach with regard to Facebook ad structure. They try to hack the system or create hundreds of ad sets with really small budgets and tons and tons of ads in each ad set. The problem is, is that when you have dozens and dozens of campaigns, hundreds of ad sets, and hundreds, if not thousands of ads, it's nearly impossible to know what the hell is going on at any given point in time. So not only does campaign simplification help you manage your account far more effectively and far more efficiently, but you're also leveraging the power of the algorithm. The algorithm, as we've discussed here on uh, Perpetual Traffic many times and how the Facebook ad platform actually works, is best utilized with large audiences, okay, using campaign budget optimization, especially if you're working towards a website conversion objective. This is the primary objective that we use inside Tier 11. We use website conversions. Very rarely do we use other objectives. We're primarily scaling up all these campaigns using website conversions as our objective and getting return on ad spend anywhere from two to three, even to four times return on ad spend, depending on the customer and depending on scale. So doing this all while simplifying the account by less campaigns, less ad sets, and less ads in each ad set. So if you're somebody who's guilty of 50 campaigns and hundreds of ad sets and maybe thousands of ads, 
I would challenge you by the end of next week or the week after to have the number of campaigns, if not get it down to one third of that number and stratify it out by your cold traffic targeting, okay? And then your retargeting campaign and then maybe a testing campaign. So which we'll get to in update number two here in just a second. So try to get your campaigns down to even single digits, if at all possible. Now, the accounts that I'm looking at here inside tier 11, we actually have separate campaigns for separate countries. And oftentimes we do split it up based upon separate avatars, really depends on the individual customer. So we tend to make things a little bit more complex than where Facebook probably wants us to be with just three or four or five campaigns live at any given time. But the point is this, is that we're not managing dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of campaigns or thousands of ad sets or thousands of ads. It's just far too complicated. And we obviously don't have the time to do that. So the flip side of this is that when you do actually consolidate your cold traffic campaigns into a single campaign, maybe you have a retargeting campaign for your level two, three, four traffic which we discuss, especially if you're an e-commerce agency using the e-com ad amplifier, which is episode number 145 and 146, where I actually go into great detail on how we structure our campaigns using the e-com ad amplifier, using level one all the way through to level five traffic. And then we actually have a case study in the next episode which is episode 146, where we go through exactly how we deploy these campaigns. Now we've since updated these strategies to include this campaign consolidation strategy on top of it as just sort of a general overlay. So in an ideal world, your campaigns should look something similar to one campaign for prospecting or one campaign for cold traffic. Maybe you've got one campaign with the objective of catalog sales. Okay, we do use that quite a bit for our e-commerce customers as well. This is dynamic product ads using broad audience, no targeting. And then you have a campaign for conversions for retargeting. Maybe you're level two, three, four, or maybe even five type traffic. And then you'll also use maybe a fourth campaign for uh, catalog sales for retargeting those same levels. So we could get into a lot more detail as to why we do this, both campaign objective of conversions as well as campaign objective of catalog sales. But the point is this, is that you want to monetize those deeper levels of traffic as much as you possibly can. So in that campaign structure, we're really only looking at four individual campaigns. Now that's in a best case scenario, real world. Might not happen all the time inside tier 11. We try to whittle it down to that level, but in a, in a, Ideal scenario, you've got all your cold traffic audiences, okay, your core audiences, those are interest-based targeting all in one ad set inside your cold traffic website conversion campaign. And then you have your lookalikes, your best high converting, highest value lookalikes, maybe your 1% of purchasers in the last 30 days, or you know your 1% lookalike of your highest value customers that you've pulled from your CRM in the past 60 or 90 days. And then you might have you know fans in that individual campaign as well as a separate ad set. So it depends on how you structure your overall campaigns. But the point is, is that you have very few ad sets, very few targeting options in your cold traffic campaigns. And then in each individual ad set, you might have three ads live at any given point in time. 
So in our campaigns, you'll see five or six campaigns. You'll see three ad sets in each campaign live. And then in each ad set, you'll see about three, maybe four ads live. And that's typically the campaign structure that allows us to scale to these insane levels of 30, 40, $50,000 per day. So campaign simplification, something that we're going to be talking about here quite a bit in the coming months on perpetual traffic is update number one. Update number two for us here, and this is probably going to be a shorter one than update number one. You can tell which one is the most important out of all these three updates. But update number two is something that we really haven't addressed here on Perpetual Traffic in quite some time is how we actually test new creative, new audiences, all that inside tier 11. So the one tool that we're using the most now, and we've tested this pretty extensively, is we do use the Facebook split testing tool. So one of the most common things that we do to test new ads is we will create a separate campaign outside the ideally handful of campaigns that we might have live at any given point in time. See update number one, obviously. We might create a testing campaign for a specific objective. So what do I mean by that? Well, in each one of those of our core campaigns that we have live, we have ad sets with audiences, which you can test through the split testing tool. But then also you have ads that might have three to 10 ads in each ad set. Okay. Three live at any given point in time, typically. But what about those other ones that aren't live? Well, those ones are typically added into that ad set as a new ad once it's tested in a separate split testing campaign. So for example, we might have a really well-performing video, but we want to test new ad copy or maybe test a new headline. We'll create a split test inside a separate campaign. Okay. Using the same exact audience that we've been getting good results from for our well-performing video. Okay. With the control ad, with the control ad copy and headline, and then with a new ad copy or headline, or more precisely, we'll test a single element. So we'll only test the headline element, or we'll only test the ad copy element, okay? So using split testing, it's actually a scientific way for us to not just use new ads or throw them into old campaigns, but actually figure out with a high degree of accuracy, upwards of 80%, if you really want to get into statistics here of predictability so that we can then take those ads and then insert them in our core campaigns, go back to update number one for campaign simplification or for account simplification. And then we know that those ads are actually effective in beating the control, or maybe they aren't. So in some cases, our control doesn't get beaten. So we will test in this separate campaign using split testing. So it's a tool that I think you should always be testing first off. And that's one of the mantras that we have here in tier 11 is always be testing, test fast and break things, which is another mantra that we have as well. But the point is, is that your ad creatives are eventually going to start to run out of steam. So you need to have other ads, other creatives, other videos, other things that are tested to your proven audiences ready at the weight to insert into your core campaigns in order to continue to get the effective results that you're looking for, which typically is 
you know, in most cases for us at tier 11, it's getting a multiple of a dollar back through Facebook advertising over a set span of time, be that seven days, 30 days, 60 days, whatever it happens to be. So definitely start using this tool, Facebook split testing. And I just really talked about how we use it for ad testing, but we also use it for audience testing as well. It's a really effective tool and we've tested it a ton. We've probably spent upwards of a million dollars just on split testing alone inside tier 11. So these are updates that are not just things that Facebook came out with. We've actually gone and tested them on our own using you know, split testing, as well as the other one, which we probably won't be able to get into until another episode here, which is test and learn, which is another really fascinating methodology to test. But for right now, start using split testing in a separate campaign, consolidate your campaigns down using account simplification from update number one, and then start testing new ad creatives and even new audiences if you want to get really ambitious. So update number three is placement optimization. So what the heck is placement optimization? Well, if you haven't actually looked at this, and this still isn't available in some ad accounts for some strange reason, but the majority of the ad accounts that we actually have inside tier 11, we can do this. We can use placement optimization. So what we found is that by analyzing the millions of dollars of ad spend over the course of the last six months, what I actually found in a meta-analysis was that the ads in campaigns which were optimized for the placement that they were being shown to help the campaign perform better as well as achieve a lower cost per objective. What do I mean by that? Okay, so what we did is we went back in and we actually looked into a lot of our individual ad accounts and looked at which ads are most effective on which placements. And what we found is that oftentimes when you choose all placements at the ad set level and you have one singular creative, let's say it's a square image or maybe it's a 1200 by 628 desktop newsfeed image or maybe it's a 16 by 9 video that isn't optimized for square or for rectangle or for some of the other time spans like Instagram stories that are fully optimized for those placements. What we found is that when Facebook takes that creative and then adapts it to that placement, those placements end up not getting any impressions. They show originally for a week or so and don't get the proper cost per lead, cost per acquisition, cost per purchase, whatever your objective is, and then Facebook just stops showing it. But what we did find is that when we optimize for placements, specifically, for example, let's say Instagram stories, Instagram stories right now, the standard placement is a either a 15 second video or a nine by 16 image, both in a nine by 16 sort of tall boy image is what we refer to here in perpetual traffic. So it's sort of oblong, it's rectangular. If you look in your Instagram stories, you'll know exactly what I mean. So when we try to push a placement that is perhaps 800 by 800 into Instagram stories using all placements at the ad set level, that ends up making that ad just by not optimizing for nine by 16, it makes it look like an ad. And as a result, it creates a less than ideal user experience for Instagram story users. So Facebook, the platform itself, stops showing that placement because of the user experience. So there's an easy resolution to this. On your ad set level, when you're creating a new campaign, choose all placements, 
easy enough. It's automatically checked inside Ads Manager. And then when you go into your individual ad, you'll see first off that you're going to have to pick your Facebook page, which obviously is typically pre-selected. For us, we have to select it because we have so many pages that we manage. But then also you want to optimize for Instagram. So make sure that you add your Instagram account inside your identity inside the ad level. Okay. And then underneath that, there's create ad. And this is where you can start optimizing for placements. So if you upload an image, for example, perhaps you upload a 1200 by 628 image, you can crop it, you can put it in there. And, and actually there's some tools in there that allow you to make it look as good as possible. But 1200 by 628 is your standard newsfeed sort of rectangular image. But if you drop down just below that area, if you're using an image ad, it says use a different image for other placements. If you click on that drop down menu, you'll actually see it gives you a menu of choices for all the different placements. So, for example, Facebook Stories is 500 by 262 images. Instagram Feed is 500 by 262. Instagram Stories is 500 by 889, which is that six by nine we just referred to, and on and on. So the best thing for you to do is to use a tool that we use quite frequently here at Tier 11 called Canva. You can just get it for free at canva.com where you can optimize your placements for images. Or obviously, if you're doing video, you're going to have to reconfigure this with some other video service like either ScreenFlow or Camtasia or just Google any specific video editing software that you might have. But for images, Canva is a tremendous resource because it's free and it's really effective right on the front page. It'll actually ask you, you know, what, how do you want to restructure or how do you want to optimize your image through Instagram post, Instagram story, maybe Facebook story, and you can optimize your images as you see fit. And then you upload those images. Once you save them and optimize them on Canva, you upload them directly back into ads manager. And in some cases you might have five or six different images, depending on how you want to optimize your placements. So square now at 800 by 800 is pretty standard for all news feeds. I would highly recommend using that. You can use anything that's a six by nine or like a 1080 by 1920 or anything that's similar to that and uploads and looks good. And then you can preview it inside the ad level. So Seems like it's actually a lot of work to do this, but the point is, is that if you don't optimize your images for all the different placements, you might be missing out on all that traffic. Okay, there's 2 billion active users on Facebook every single day, spending 40 to 50 minutes on that platform. If you're just optimizing for Facebook alone, you're missing out on the 500 million Instagram stories every single day. That's a pretty large amount of traffic that you might not be getting. Or maybe you're not optimizing for Instagram. You're missing out on those billion monthly active users and you're not properly leveraging the platform for all platforms. You're not properly leveraging the entire platform, platform by platform, meaning audience network, Instagram, Facebook, as well as even there's some optimization that you can do on your images for ads in Messenger. So definitely check that out. That's update number three. We've tested this pretty extensively, sort of with before and afters of how ads have performed with or without optimization. And it's a relatively easy thing for you to do. Uh, I highly recommend you start doing it. And that's my updates for this week for Facebook and Instagram. On to Molly. 
get into today's content, I have two very exciting announcements. The first is that I will be holding a boot camp in Denver, May 21st through the 24th. Now, this is a small, very intimate three-day boot camp that's going to cover paid traffic A to Z. We are only accepting 30 students for this boot camp. And as of right now, we have only six spots left. So if you are interested, if you want to come and learn from myself, Ezra Firestone, John Grimshaw for three full days, everything that we can cover over those three days about paid traffic, we're going to give a lot of feedback on your business, then head over to tmtplive.com. We would love to see you in Denver. That's tmtplive.com. And then my second announcement is about an event that both Ralph and I will be speaking at in August in Australia. So if you are in Australia or New Zealand or you're looking to travel there at the end of August, the event's August 23rd and 24th, then head over to dmdu.com.au. So this is an event that's being held for the second year by my very good friend, Sonia Keenan. There will be over 700 digital marketers at this event. Definitely the biggest digital marketing conference in Australia. So if you're in the area, Ralph will be there. I'll be there. Russ Henneberry's going down. John Grimshaw, Mike Rhodes, lots of familiar faces for perpetual traffic listeners. Check that out at dmdu.com.au. So now let's dive into the meat of this episode. I hope you guys are having a great week. The first thing that I want to cover here is about the relevance score. So as most of you guys know, Facebook is actually doing away with the relevance score, the score out of 10 that we use to judge how relevant our ads are to the audience that we're targeting. So fortunately, these new metrics are actually scheduled to roll out by April 30th. So the plan is to do away with the relevance score, but to introduce three new metrics. And the goal of these metrics is to give us even more insight into what's working, what's not working, and why. Because as of right now, the relevance score is a good indication of how well your ad is doing overall. But if you have a low relevance score, it can be hard to figure out why. Is it the targeting? Is it the ad copy? Does it have something? to do with my website. So let me read you a little update from Facebook. Facebook says people prefer to see ads that are relevant to them. And when businesses show their ads to relevant audiences, they see better business outcomes. That's why we consider how relevant each ad is to a person before delivering an ad to that person. Ads that are more relevant cost less and see more results. This leads to better experiences for people and businesses alike. Ad relevance diagnostics, so instead of the relevance score, they're now calling these diagnostics, can help you diagnose whether the ads you ran were relevant to the audience you reached. If your ads aren't meeting your ad objectives, you can use ad relevance diagnostics to understand whether adjustments to your creative assets, post-click experience, or audience targeting could improve performance. 
the diagnostics assess each ad's past performance in the ad auction over the date range you've selected. The diagnostics are, and guys, these are going to show up in ads managers. So these are the three new metrics that we'll start seeing in ads manager. The first is quality ranking. Facebook also says quality ranking explains how your ads perceived quality compared to ads competing for the same audience. We measure ad quality through feedback from people viewing or hiding the ad and assessments of clickbait, engagement bait, and other poor user experience. Possible values for quality ranking are above average, average, below average, which is the bottom 35% of ads, below average, bottom 20% of ads, or below average bottom 10% of ads. And Facebook says, for example, a quality ranking of below average bottom 20% means that your ad's perceived quality was amongst the lowest 20% of ads competing for the same audience. At least 80% of ads competing for the same audience were perceived as higher quality. So this quality ranking is basically showing you how your ads rank against your competitors who are targeting the same audience that you are. So the next metric is engagement rate ranking. Engagement rate ranking explains how your ads expected engagement rate compared to ads competing for the same audience. So now this is more about the engagement, right? So the last one was about quality. So, you know, people marking it as spam, hiding it because it might be a low quality ad. This is now the opposite, right? This is engagement, how people are engaging with you. Facebook says the expected engagement rate calculates the likelihood that a person will click, react to, comment on, share, or expand an ad, which means clicking to learn more, right? To read the rest of the ad. Engagement baiting, such as asking for likes and comments, will not improve your ad's performance. So again, this is about engagement. This has a lot to do with social proof. And these will be measured the same way as the quality score with above average, average, below average, bottom 35% of ads, below average, bottom 20% of ads, below average, bottom 10% of ads. And then last but not least, guys, the third new metric is going to be conversion rate ranking. So conversion rate ranking explains how your ads expected conversion rate compared to ads with the same optimization goal competing for the same audience. So now this has to do with what's happening after the click, right? The expected conversion rate calculates the likelihood that a person who viewed your ad will complete your optimization goal. For example, the optimization goal for a campaign with video views optimization goal would be a 10 second video view. So here it's important to understand that this has to do with your objective. So if I'm optimizing for leads, my conversion rate ranking is going to look at how my campaign is performing in relation to other people targeting the same audience who are also optimizing for the conversion objective and optimizing for leads. Facebook says some products and services naturally exhibit lower conversion rates than others competing in the same ad 
auction. High price or high consideration products such as jewelry should expect lower conversion rate rankings than lower price or lower consideration products such as t-shirts. Conversion rate ranking isn't available for the following optimization goals, ad recall lift, impressions, reach, or custom conversions. And these will be measured using the same values as the other three metrics too. So these are really important to make sure you understand. Be on the lookout for these inside of Ads Manager, guys. This is going to give us a lot more insight into why our campaigns are working or failing. So again, this is going to be quality ranking, engagement rate ranking, and conversion rate Ranking. And I think what's interesting to note is that all of these are ranked against our competitors, people who are targeting the same people that we are targeting. So be on the lookout for those new rankings, guys. And secondly, I wanted to remind you guys about the customer feedback score. This is something that we've mentioned in a few episodes, but Facebook is finally truly rolling out the customer feedback score. And they're using the customer feedback score to decide the cost of our ads how much reach we're going to get. And they're also going to start using the customer feedback score to actually shut down ad accounts. So the customer feedback score is a number out of five that most of our Facebook pages will start to receive, especially those of you guys that are e-commerce. And the goal of this score is to ensure that we as advertisers are not only providing a good experience through our ads and on our websites, as we just talked about through those new metrics, but also that after someone purchases from us, from a Facebook ad, that they also enjoy the product, that they get the product on time, that the product was of the quality that they expected it to be. And the reason that Facebook's doing this is they want to protect end users. They also realize that most consumers who purchase a product after clicking on a Facebook or Instagram ad, they hold Facebook and Instagram responsible for the experience that they have with that advertiser. For example, a friend of mine posted on Instagram the other day that he bought a jacket from one of those Instagram companies and that it was too small and that people should be on the lookout. Now, of course, it wasn't Instagram selling the jacket. It was an advertiser, but this is just how consumers think. They hold Facebook and Instagram responsible, even though they're purchasing from advertisers from other companies. So let me give you a little bit more information about this feedback score. So Facebook says we use a variety of signals, including surveys from people who purchase from Facebook ads to help ensure that the ads accurately represent the product and service provided. We use this variety of signals to give each business a score from zero to five. These scores are updated on a continual basis based on the most recent feedback. If your page's feedback score is between two and one, that page's ad will receive a delivery penalty, meaning that the ad will cost more and reach fewer people. If the score drops to one or below, your page will no longer be able to run ads on the platform. If you successfully reduce the amount of negative feedback to an acceptable threshold and the page's score improves above two, your ad delivery should improve. 
So they say tracking customer feedback. You'll be notified through emails and notifications if your page is flagged and falls below a three. Within these emails and notifications, you'll find a link to the feedback dashboard where you can monitor your score. On this dashboard, you'll see specific areas where you're receiving feedback from customers. You can use this info to identify issues that may be affecting your customers and opportunities to improve the quality of your ads and overall customer experience. This information can be used in addition to your own customer satisfaction data that you gather through other methods and platforms. It is not intended to be the primary or sole indication of customer satisfaction. And then Facebook has some tips to improve customer feedback. They say, be clear about what you're selling or offering, set clear expectations for delivery, set clear expectations for customer service, and make sure you can meet customer demand. So guys, visit the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 198. We will have links in the show notes where you can click to read more about these new metrics that are replacing the relevance score and also about your customer satisfaction score. Inside of Facebook's article about the customer satisfaction score, you will find a link to click over and see if number one, your page even has a satisfaction score yet. And number two, what it is. Again, we really want to make sure that we're keeping this score above a three to ensure we're paying the least amount as possible for our ads and that we're getting the most reach that we can and that we're not putting our ad account in danger of not being able to run ads. So I hope you guys enjoyed these updates. Lots of fun and exciting stuff coming to the Facebook ad platform. See you guys next week. So those are updates for this week, for April 2019. We will be talking about a lot of the things that we discussed here in today's episode in more detail in coming episodes. So definitely stay tuned for those here at Perpetual Traffic. And as always, all the resources that we referenced here in episode 198, you can get at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 198. Until next week, see ya. listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.